Well, but if I right here, you can sort of see behind me, but you can when when you snuck up on me and didn't come in and say hello, like a polite person that I couldn't see you because I was blocking it. Incorrect. I came to visit. I came to see you and I did. But yeah, you saw me. Yeah. Well, but we'll I turn off this, but I turn off the self view so I don't see myself. Oh, that's so interesting. So I turn off everybody else's view. So it's just me. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the third annual season of the J Term of the Admissions Director's Lunchcast. I'm your host, Nathan Amend, Vice President of Enrollment at Knox College, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Tej Matil, Independent Educational Consultant and Director of Enrollment Success at Enroll ML. Tej, third week of the J Term. How are you doing? I am having a blast. I love winter. I love hot cocoa. Uh, I love um tea that sounded a little weak at the end maybe it's just i like weak tea i like weak tea yeah Yeah. there it is just don't spill it well this week we have melissa lustig director of college counseling at the metal school in las vegas Mm -hmm. nevada and we talked about travel tips and as you might imagine listener there's quite a bit of an extended interview here about travel tips right teach yes oh did you want me to keep going yes yes there was and i loved it listen Travel season was always my favorite time of the admission cycle. And to to have this conversation with Melissa was great. What I loved the most, and listeners, you're about to hear this, is listening to Melissa talk about how the goals were different for her during travel season from one institution to the next and from one state to the next. And the way she was able to clearly articulate what she was after when she was, you know, in Colorado for her sinus versus in Pennsylvania, or when she was spending one of her 30 days in Colorado College um, out in Wisconsin or out in Washington, it was it was just the clarity she had was great. And to be frank, I think something all of our listeners should strive to bring to their office. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And there's just different perspectives. And one of the things I've learned, and again, we're recording this early December, not trying to play around anymore that it's actually January. But one of the things I've learned here is that in working at so many different things, there's just definitely a culture and there's um, a lot of a lot of different tips. Like just people, even though college admissions is kind of the same thing everywhere else, it's not. At the same time, there's plenty of things that maybe a college does or there's history or there's just some mm-hmm. culture or some some things that you need to pay attention to that will actually help um, you figure out where to go and how to do things, um, but also just pay attention to the, the really paying attention to where um, you are and um, what kind of the best practices are where you're recruiting is really important. That's correct. All the color transition. commentary. Yeah, the transition. <laughs> That's all the color commentary Tiggy's got today in this, no, know, in let, this January day. Well, let me tell you this, listeners. If you hang in there through this J term, you, of course, get to the inevitable part where any of us folks uh, who have had the opportunity to do more than 10 years of an emission cycle. Is that a polite way to say what I'm saying, Nathan? Mm-hmm. 
yeah, any time you get us old timers together, we will start invariably sharing war stories, horror stories, trauma stories, uh, trauma used in a lighthearted way. Um, it inevitably gets to, did you know there was time before GPS? And we get there. So follow <laughs> along. We can't tell you exactly when it comes up because uh, this episode exists without GPS, but it shows up. Yep. So go all the way to the end and then make sure you hear the cold close for each once again probably embarrasses me never all right well here we go here we go uh time you listen to this episode with melissa lustig director of college counseling at the middle school in las vegas nevada hope you enjoy this interview and as always we'll see you on the other side Well, Nathan, today we are really fortunate to be joined by Melissa Lustig, Director of College Counseling at the Meadows School in Las Vegas, Nevada. Melissa, welcome to the LunchCast. Hello, Nathan Atigue. It's great to be on your show. Thanks for having me. Okay. Well, Melissa, for the benefit of folks who haven't yet met you, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you found yourself in your current role? Yes, I am a director of college counseling at the Meadows School, which is an independent K through 12 college prep school in Las Vegas. This is my fifth year at Meadows. I actually started my career in college admissions at Ursinus College, which is a CTCL school in Collegeville, Pennsylvania, where I worked for three years. And then I worked in college admissions at Colorado College in Colorado Springs for nine years before as we call it affectionately switching the other side of the desk as a college counselor at Aspen High School in Aspen, Colorado for six years. So I can provide insight based on my experiences um, conducting uh, college visits as well as hosting colleges on the high school side. And I can also share my experiences working in admissions as both a highly selective and, and a less selective institution where travel expectations and the goals were very different. Excellent. What M Melissa, you transitioned us so well right to the questions, talking about travel and getting on the road. This This week's episode is focused on travel tips and kind of what admissions counselors need to be thinking about or should be thinking about when they're, you know, on that on that circuit. You know, you've spent a lot of time in Colorado, so you know the Colorado week very well. Yeah. Um, let's think about specifically uh, what counselors should be doing. You've no doubt seen more than your fair share of counselors traveling through your school. What are some quick and easy tips you would share to help them improve their experience and results? So if I might respond with both a macro and micro level perspective, um, I, I like to just kind of put it all out there. Uh, and, you know, hopefully that your viewers can and listeners can benefit. Um, on, a, on a macro level, I think it's important to know your visit strategy, which should be clear from your supervisors. Uh, when I worked at Ursinus, our main goal was when traveling was marketing, you know, getting the name out there. We were we were road warriors. My last year at Ursinus, I visited 95 high schools um, to educate counselors and students about our school since Ursinus is not a household name. Typically I would visit four high schools a day, then I might do a college fair in the evening. And um, the farther away from the tri-state area, the fewer students I would encounter. So in those cases, my goal was relationship building with the counselor. Um, for the schools in the tri-state area, our goal was to encourage students to visit campus because we know that if students visits, 
they're much more likely to apply and enroll. So the, the visit was really an enticement, a, get, a, a way to excite them and an opportunity to educate them all at the same time. But when I worked at Colorado College, our approach was very methodical and guided by quantitative measurements. Um, for budgetary reasons and institutional priorities, we were limited to 30 days outside the office, including weekends and travel days. So um, before the travel, even we started planning, we studied the data in terms of schools where students applied and enrolled and, and we targeted those feeder schools. Um, if it was an independent school like Lawrenceville, Newark Academy, Westtown, St. Andrews, um, the Bush School, Lakeside Academy, um, ideally I would spend an entire day and evening on their campuses conducting interviews with seniors. So I would coordinate with the college counselors ahead of time to have students sign up for time slots. And they would set me up in a conference room pretty much all day. Um, students who interview have a much higher conversion rate in terms of applying as well as enrolling than those who simply attend a high school visit. So the emphasis when traveling was quality of time, not quantity of visits. Um, I might also schedule an evening or weekend presentation about essay writing. I would meet with alumni, host brunches or dinners. Um, I was an alumni coordinator at our scientists. So my approach when traveling wasn't just recruitment. It was also you know, training alumni volunteers and building those connections. So um, it's always, when you're traveling, it's always uh, and, tra and this, right? Travel and overnight visits, travel and open house planning, travel and alumni coordination. Um, so you're, you're really multitasking in many ways. Um, and then I, I have a, the, the micro level tips as well, but you had a, a was there a question? Yeah, well, I'm very curious. I like what you said about, you know, a counselor should know the goals at the macro level. What is the goal of travel? And it's different from institution to institution. Right. And I, I'm wondering if you can just give some some guidance for a newer admissions counselor who might be listening to think about how to, what types of questions to ask to kind of get at that, especially if maybe the director isn't very clear or they don't have clear goals because they just say, well, we we just travel. This is what we do. Well, I would, I would ask, um, I mean, it's a great question. I, I would ask what's been done in the past uh, and why, and kind of what have the results been? Um, sometimes one of my, uh, one, one expression that I, I usually kind of have a knee-jerk reaction with is, you know, well, this is what we've always done. When, you know, why should we change it? But I'm a, a big believer in, um, you know, assessment and reevaluating, is there a better way? Is there a better approach? And so um, I think, uh, you know, it, it's important, I think, to understand what those institutional priorities are and, and to understand, um, you know, what those what those goals are and um, to have that big picture, maybe have have a, a coordinated conversation about that as as an office, if possible. Um, so, you know, in, individually with your supervisor, but also maybe asking that big picture, like, okay, what are, what are our goals for the year and how, how can we align with those, those goals, um, in, 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 in our travel strategy? I, I think that's a great point. And I also think it's really important for the supervisor to manage expectations with the counselor, if that makes sense. And you mentioned earlier about looking at the data about what the feeder schools are and where the applications are coming from. Um, I think that's uh, the more conversations that a counselor can have with their director or senior associate director when they're planning this is like, what what is good data? Because that could be different 
at a small school versus a large school and what does volume actually mean? And I think a newer counselor wouldn't have that have that perspective. Um, and it, it can be overwhelming, right? You've been there at Sinus and and you've seen it where it can be overwhelming to start looking at this data and, and how do you interpret it, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it was it was interesting when I worked at Ursinus um because it was kind of chicken and egg uh mm -hmm. conversation, right? Well, if I if I don't visit these schools like Greenwich, you know, Academy or whatever, um, you know, maybe they'll never hear about us, right? And maybe I need to just get the foot in the door. But does it merit a visit if we haven't had any applicants, right? Um, you know, what's the what's the benefit and and when when time is of the essence um at and some some at some institutions. So um, do you visit where you already have those feeders um, and students are already applying or do you visit where you don't have anyone and you're looking to cultivate um, that new territory? Yep, yeah, and I think a mixed strategy is always best in my experience, you know, somewhere in the middle um, and being purposeful about that seems to make the most sense. Which leads me to my next question. Um, I think also as an aside, as I was listening to your answer about you're only allowed 30 days, including weekends, I think that's really interesting. And that's definitely something that um, counselors need to be aware of and, and know the institutional policies. But um, let's just kind of visualize in our heads the blocks of time that are available to admissions counselors when they're planning their travel. And and from your perspective, when in your current role discussing the process with your students, um, how effective is the time at a college fair versus a high school visit versus a regional event um, or, you know, those coffee shop meetings um, individually with the students or their families or um, back in the day when Tej and I were first doing it, it was a hotel lobby. Um, you know, if you could kind of prioritize that um, and discuss the pros and cons of all of those from the student perspective, I think that would be really valuable for our listeners. Yeah, I, I will I will do my best. Um, and I'll also try to incorporate some of those kind of daily tips, uh, travel tips for some of those the new new admissions directors as well. I mean, for admission counselors, the reality is how effective their time is um, at college fairs, high school visits, regional events, individual meetings. It just depends. I mean, it depends on so many factors, the time of year, the, the school that you're visiting, the region. Um, where the students it, are in their college search, um, whether the parents are in attendance or not at the various events. Um, I mean, I think uh, for the for the high school visits, you know, it's so variable in terms of what what kind of reception you might might expect. You could be prepared for no students, a handful of students, or a room full of students um, for varying different grade levels. So you need to have different presentations prepared for the different kind of interactions. Um, I mean, in the case of no students, you might come away feeling a little bit disappointed about that. About that, but we—I always, you know, use it as a, as an opportunity to meet with a college counselor to educate them about what's new, trends from the past year, just spending time to build rapport. Um, at the Meadows, for example, um, we only allow one college to visit at a certain time frame within our schedule. We have block scheduling. And because we always want to ensure that one of our college counselors can sit in on the visit and meet with our admissions representatives, which is something that they've always expressed a great appreciation for, you know, that personal touch that admission counselors seem to um, really, uh, you know, in, be invested in. Um, you know, I think the high school, with the high school visits, um, a couple of things, I mean, I generally avoid 
um, avoid lunchtime visits unless your experience has proven that students will actually come see you. Um, I think, uh, you know, being uh, early to your first visit, along those same lines, you know, with the high school visits, being early to your first visit is, I think, crucial. I always tried to kind of um, even, I, I would sometimes even drive to my first high school the night before so that I know how to get there. Um, especially if I was navigating the turnpike in Jersey, <laughs> if you're late for your first visit, you'll be rushing to each school throughout the day. Um, and just knowing where you're going, where to park, where to enter the building, um, having a visitor parking pass already printed and handy, and just having everything organized um, and, and having all the contact information, right? If you're running late, um, sometimes some college, college counselors will let you know, oh, we don't have anybody signed up. Um, well, in those particular cases, what I might do is say, okay, that's okay. Um, I'd still like to come visit, chat with you. Maybe there was an English class that I might be able to speak to, to, um, to talk about writing the college essay, you know, or maybe a general advisory class or um, a freshman seminar class or so, some kind of like general class where you might be able to get in and talk about uh, the college college search and navigating um, that process and then throw in a little bit at the end about your institution and kind of like um, have a little bit of a, a marketing um, ask as, just a marketing edge there as well. Um, you know, one thing that I think was really important is even if I come away with just one great conversation, and I think see, you had mentioned this in a previous podcast, one great conversation that really fires me up. Um, I would always take notes after a conversation, after my conversations, after my high school visits, like if there was a hot prospect for whatever reason, I would star the inquiry card and I would follow up with that student later in the evening with an email to thank them for attending. Um, and sometimes I would write, like if I was just seeing so many students, I would write down descriptions of the students' appearances to jog my memory. Um, and, uh, you know, and then find time later to, to circle back around to that student. Same thing, like if I didn't know the answer to a question, um, I would find out the answer. I would say, you know, I don't know the answer. Better to say, you know, I don't know, I'll find out rather than make up an answer, which we always told our, told our tour guides as well. <laughs> um, and it would give me an opportunity to circle back around and reconnect with that student and show them, again, that personal touch that they could expect at our institution. Um, I think having parents attending events is always advantageous, uh, especially for, for, for evening programs generally are much more productive um, because the, the, the students and parents are, are typically more prepared um, and ask questions. One thing along those lines with the, the college fairs and the, the evening programs, um, there were times when I would have like a line of students, right, um, waiting to ask questions. And one of the things that I encourage all new counselors to think about is a lot of times students, especially depending on where they are in the process, they might have heard of your institution, but they don't know much about you. And so um, sometimes they just want an overview of the school. Uh, they don't know what questions to ask per se. Maybe they haven't been prepped by their college counselor um, or they, you know, they don't want to seem like they don't know what they're doing. And so I would just offer, I would say to them, hey, do you just, uh, I'm happy to just give you an overview of what Colorado College is all about with our block plan. It's very unique. Um, and why doesn't everybody just come around and, and, you know, come up, circle around. And so I would have, you know, kind of engage in like this half circle discussion 
um, so everybody could hear me. And then I would give my spiel here and they could also hear each other's questions and learn from each other. So it was a much more effective use of your time rather than going through every single student and saying, um, you know, and, and asking their questions individually. So um, I think, uh, you know, the the meeting individually with students at, at coffee shops and, and hotel lobbies, um, really Im important, uh, I think, especially when it when it comes to, to interviewing. Um, this is where the tribal knowledge from your previous, from your predecessors or previous territory managers can really help. Um, I'd learn about where to, where to, what hotels to stay at, what restaurants to eat at, the coffee shops that won't throw you out or give you the stink eye for hogging a table for the entire day, um, and and you know writing down notes for your from your visits to refer back to, and because you know you're going to be doing a report um, at the end of your your travel season, so passing along that knowledge and having that knowledge to refer to in previous um, years is is really important. So. Um, I think a lot of it depends on, on so many different factors in terms of effectiveness, but that just gives you um, some, some I, hope, I hope that helps. It does. And knowing which coffee shops you can sit at for six hours is critical <laughs> to your success. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, I can tell you, I can go on at, at length about the different stories that I've had about, you know, just um hotel lobbies where you start interviewing a student and then they start cleaning right the hotel crew yes. comes in they start the vacuuming right and you're trying to have a conversation or you know um you know trying to trying to navigate the the internet connectivity and oh my goodness yeah it's it can be quite quite interesting Melissa, I once needed to do a full day of interviews in New York City which <laughs> it is hard to find a place where you can stay for a long period of time yes. and I found one and only when I showed up did I realize it was on another college campus like literally in the fitness center <laughs> you kept doing them right like you just when you plowed forward I assume did you? <laughs> I, I I did keep going and and some of those students enrolled so uh, at least some some enrolled with us some may have enrolled at that school. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I was doing double duty. <laughs> double duty. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You asked for commission. Um, speaking of which, <laughs> by the way, in terms of, of what not to do, um, I can't tell you how many times when I would be, you know, I'd be standing behind or sinus, the, the table at a college fair or Colorado college. Right. And then Columbia would be right next to me or Vanderbilt would be right next to me. Right. And the students would be like, do you mind if I use your table to fill out this inquiry card for this other college? <laughs> of course, I want to say fine. But at the same time, I'm looking at the other rep thinking, seriously? <laughs> yeah. We... <laughs> Oh, being next to the popular college is never oh. a good place to be when you're far afield. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I I miss travel a little bit, um, but uh, you know, I think the older we get, quite honestly, the older we get, the harder it is on us. You know, I'm dating myself here. Back in my day, we didn't have GPS, we didn't have cell phones. Man, when that came out, that changed the entire game. Um, so our, our counselors these days consider yourself very fortunate to have all the technology that you do. Um, yeah. it, it really is quite, quite a blessing. So, um, yeah. And, and uh, at the same time, it also means that the work never stops quite honestly, like 
You know, you're mm -hmm. always checking your email, you're always checking what's going on in the office um, and, and kind of doing double duty at that same time. So I think it's really important to also take time for yourself when you're on the road, you know, try to eat healthy if you possibly can. Um, try to, you know, get, get sleep, um, you know, take cat naps if you can, um, and just, you know, monitor your health. It's nothing, nothing as worse as, as sitting in a NACAC, which I've done with the flu. <laughs> like, and, and this trying to stay six feet away, you know, realizing that, you know, you need to get to an urgent care and you can't really shake hands or talk anymore because you can't talk. You, you, you just, you need to go home. Yeah. Yeah, that self-care on the road is uh, an overlooked lesson in admissions training programs, for sure. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, we, Melissa, we're kind of leaning into the final question, which is intended to be a little more fun, a little, little more lighthearted. But we talk at length about best practices and what counselors should do on the road. So let's flip it just a little bit in a, in a way that's appropriate and kind. Uh, you've certainly seen some bad practices on the road, things that uh, you'd advise people not to do if they had asked you. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Well, this is very obvious. Just being, yes. being rude, being unfriendly, being pretentious, um, mm -hmm. thinking, you know, presenting your college as as uh, a premier institution better than anyone else's. Um, mm -hmm. I think those mm -hmm. are all, those are all turnoffs to both counselors and students. Um, being repeatedly unable to answer questions. You know, I get that admission counselors are generalists. Your typical counselor is not going to know everything about everything, but offering to find out an answer can go a long way to alleviate some of that frustration. Um, and yeah. again, giving, uh, you know, giving an opportunity to circle back around. Um, so those were the, the two things that immediately came, came to my mind, um, yeah. in terms of, of what, what not to do, um, you know, I think the I could I could go into more best practices, but I think in terms of of uh, things that are turnoffs, um, those would be them. Well, also, and with the first one you said, right? Like, don't present your institution as the only acceptable answer for students. I think uh, young alumni who's are just working uh -huh. for their institution. Uh -huh. I think that's that's who's in the most risk of that right the, the that's where yeah. i see that the most the like why would anyone yes. want to go to literally anywhere else yes yes you're absolutely you're absolutely right where they're uh they're they're so single-minded uh that and and enthusiastic but at the same time um kind of in a in a very myopic sort of way that um i think it, it comes across as as too aggressive um but also i would say um, one of the things that jogs my memory is uh, if you have an alumni representative who hasn't been back to the school since 1979, right, um, and they're working from outdated data uh, and information, that's never a good look either. Agreed. I, and I also think, especially this is one I think newer admissions counselors are are not as naturally fluent in. You mm. need to know what your institution is strong at, but you yeah. also need to know what it's not strong in and yes. to be comfortable with that yes yes i i agree i agree completely one of the things that i i've, I've worked at two institutions where i'm i'm not an alum for either institution and so it was really important for me to get to know the the school from from all different angles right sitting in on classes talking with teachers i would actually travel with syllabi as well um 
especially with mm. Colorado College and the block plan, I would say, hey, this is what's possible, right? This is the kind of experiential education that you could have um, at CC, you know, or I would, I would give testimonials about what students are saying. Um, and so, you know, really getting involved in campus and knowing the ins and outs um, before you go on the road, it can be tough when you're, you're an immediate hire and you're like, okay, great, you're hired. Now we're sending you out to, you know, New York. Um, right. But if you can really try to get boots, um, you know, in the classroom, attend events, talk with um, all different constituents of the college, I think, you know, mm -hmm. the more um, anecdotes and stories and testimonials you'll have, and the more insider information, the more effective and, and compelling your presentation and your conversations will be. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Melissa, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Um, pleasure. I, we always like to wrap up with the same two questions, uh, which is, what are you working on next? And how can folks get in touch with you? Uh, right. So we, um, we're hosting our third annual college application case study program um, during the Southern Nevada College Week. So we, in my experience, both hosting and participating in ACE case studies, there's a much greater return on investment for the admissions directors and families when kind of we peel back the admissions um, process, talk about mock applications, you know, how colleges are reading them. It uh, can be a real reality check for our students and parents. Um, we're preparing for the digital PSAT for the first time by hosting a digital boot camp and, and a diagnostic. Um, so that's going to be fun. And we're gearing up to educate our families about the FAFSA Simplification Act <clears throat> and uh, and how it's going to impact el eligibility and packaging. So it's it's a big year with some significant changes coming, and we've got a lot of work to do. Uh, in terms of um, how to get in touch with me, I'll be at NACAC. So if, if you um, if you see me, say hi, let's grab a drink. <laughs> um, I'm on LinkedIn, so feel free to connect online. I can also be reached via email. My contact info is at the Meadows School um, College Counseling website. Melissa, thank you so much. Of course, thank you. Then maybe you should try like a big chunky necklace. Just just see what happens. Like big, you big can't even get it gross. out. You can't even you can't even with a straight face. You can't even do it for a fold open. You can't even get that out there. Purple and yellow, you know, like nice.